0: Hello and welcome to the Fearless Femme podcast. I'm Rebecca Wysak, and I'm usually your host, but this week I hand the microphone to one of our team sponsors, Altamira President, Jonathan Moneymaker. When Jonathan asked to host an episode of our podcast, I happily agreed, but the catch was he'd be asking us the questions. We met in Arlington, Virginia, ahead of the Armed Forces Cycling Classic, Sitting alongside Jonathan is Altamira Senior Vice President, Blaine Worthington, and our Fearless Fam Team Director, Arun Kone Sananikone. Enjoy our chat with Altamira.
1: So, Blaine, do you want to tell us a little bit about Altamira?
2: Sure. Altamira is an intelligence uh, mid-sized company in the defense spaces, working for intelligence agencies, uh, primarily If it has an A in it, it's probably pretty important. NSA, NRO, NASA, NASIC, and uh, your podcasters probably recognize some of those acronyms. We specialize in machine learning and analytics, software engineering. We are located in a number of locations. Uh, McLean, Virginia is our headquarters of our company. We have offices in Columbia, Maryland. We have an office in Dayton, Ohio, in New Mexico, and a couple offices in in florida one in tampa and one in jacksonville florida we have about 400 employees we've been in this space for quite some time um let's see what else would you like to know intel is what we do
1: simply it's we usually describe it as the best in class innovation partner to the national national security community um but everything that blaine uh, expounded upon and then as we look at from a corporate culture standpoint um we try and outreach uh, do outreach in our local communities as well as interest from across the company um where we've gotten to marry up with the armed forces cycling classic and the fearless Femme, it's kind of been a a neat partnership over the last uh, couple years um and we're super excited for this year last year was really exciting and um yeah it's fun to be able to have a little conversation in it
0: yeah, I guess I probably should introduce, and we might do this before we jump into yeah, your yeah, yeah. Um, question, but introduce the voices in the room. So I'm Rebecca Isaac, one of the Fearless Fem writers. Um, Blaine, did you want to introduce your role?
2: Sure. I'm a senior vice president for Altamira. I run the DoD intelligence business and been with the company over five years now.
1: And Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan Moneymaker, the president of Altamira. Um, Been with the company now a little bit over five years. Actually, today is the five-year anniversary. So
0: congratulations! Yeah, yeah. Yeah. what a lovely way to mark the <laughs> That's right. Um, and then I've got a Maroonkin uh, DS. You can introduce Hi. yourself.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm Aruncon Khan the uh, director of the Fearless Femme Racing Team, as well as the mechanic and whatever else it takes.
1: Water bottle filler and everything. Gotcha. The mastermind behind the operation. <laughs> I love it.
3: Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. So we got we got started um, with the Armed Forces Cycling Classic um, personally probably about ten years ago, um, and then the last five years with Altamira. Um, we got partnered up with RunCon four
3: years ago, three yeah, years ago. Yeah, I believe it was 2015. Yeah, that uh, the event coordinator came to me and said you've got some world class riders and we've got a world class company let's put them together no it's cool it's been cool it's been neat <laughs> yeah and it was uh, it was a new project for me because i i juggle a number of other roles and now they wanted me to run a men's team and a women's team which was already overload without even coming to a bike race sure but the opportunity presents itself and they often say Good luck is when opportunity meets execution, so a couple of cups of coffee, here's an opportunity, let's go. And uh, we were on the podium.
1: So what was the first year that you got involved with Rob in Armed Forces Cycling class?
3: That was 2015. Okay, so
1: so your first year was our first year together? Absolutely. Oh, that's very cool. I didn't realize that.
3: That year, we were on the podium for the men and the women for both days. That's awesome. That's awesome. And
1: we started, we did one year with the men's team, and then the last two years with the Femme, right? Yes. That's very cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And last year was exciting. Rebecca, you want to give us like the quick recap of uh, last year?
0: I, yeah, I love that we have a special edition kit for this weekend <laughs> with the Altamira logo, and I continue to wear that in Australia, actually. Um,
1: we, saw your, we saw your Instagram post uh, down in Australia. It was awesome.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, this weekend is pretty cool. It's a, a part of America that I hadn't been to previously. Um, we always have a, a rock star team full of uh, yeah, pretty impressive riders. So last year, I know George Baker got in on the podium yeah. um, on the second day. Uh, so I crashed out, unfortunately, of the Saturday. And again, everyone's assembled a, a pretty impressive lineup of riders for this year's event. Um, so we're pretty excited we have some strong guest riders Katie Compton who is one of the the best ever cyclocross riders from America and then uh, Nat Redmond from Australia she's also a cyclocross rider so those girls just yeah love getting in amongst it getting their elbows out Um, so a nice mix of of riders Um, so we had to yeah cover all bases on the weekend
2: good how was your who was your childhood inspiration how did you get started in this what brought you to biking, uh, yeah, cycling?
0: I was actually a, a track and field runner initially. So my I guess my childhood inspirations, uh, the people that I looked up to, aside from my uncle, who was a, a national age group swimmer. He's only four years older than me, so he was someone that I aspired to. But I had kind of, I guess, posters and bought running magazines and looked up to Australian uh, track and field athletes. So Kathy Freeman, Melinda Gainsford-Taylor, Tim Forsyth. And I have photos, you know, you go and you ask to interrupt them in training or um, <laughs> ask for a photo. Uh, so, yeah, I guess they were my idols. I didn't grow up in cycling, so I didn't have any cycling idols. And, and potentially now there are people that you you, you do uh, follow their careers. Of course, Instagram's a great way to, to follow what other people are doing. Um, but I probably don't have a, a cycling title as such. Great. Potentially my partner, he's also a cyclist, Ben Hill, um, he recently won a stage of the Tour of Japan and that nice. was pretty exciting Very and we cool. spend a lot of time apart so it's nice when we're both achieving our goals because uh, we're, yeah, I guess choosing uh, this lifestyle um, and it is a little bit of a sacrifice so it is nice when you're able to, yeah, tick some goals off oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. along the way and and uh, achieve some things.
1: So, how many... If any, don't know how many repeat riders from last year to this year, other than yourself, or you have a whole new team.
0: We have a whole new squad. Whole new squad. Yeah, so this okay. is my third year with Fearless Family. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm back again, so obviously I love it. Uh, I've uh, been looked after very well. I think Aruncon runs a, an amazing program with, uh, you know, pretty modest uh, budget, but it stretches. Quite far. I think we're pretty resourceful with yeah. uh, the the budget that we have, and we have amazing partners. So some really fantastic product partners. And I was able to take my Pali bike back to Australia, my roll wheels back to Australia. Nice. Nice. Continued to wear you know um, our kit. So all those things definitely help, especially so, when you're not earning any money. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But when everything can be uh, supplied to you, sure, and then sure. people chip in and cover expenses to get to races or race entry, and then people like you jump on board for a particular weekend and, and it really does help us out a lot and allows us to live out our dream and our passion.
1: That's awesome. So at what point do you know the squad that you're racing with for the weekend? Like at at what point did you know all the girls for this weekend?
3: For me, having been a part of this race for a number of years, um, the variables are the course, Mm -hmm. the very technical course, uh, the weather conditions. And then, of course, most importantly, is the competition. So once you put all those variables together, you try to identify the focus group or the core riders who can play the roles that will create success, um, but also safety. So within the context of that, the riders that we brought here have versatile capabilities, Beck being one of them. So within that, I choose riders within our core, and then try to find out external, almost like a free agent.
1: Sure, complementary pieces that, that fit the puzzle.
3: Absolutely, to, to help out with that. But uh, within the race group, skill set isn't the most, it isn't all that I look for. Mm-hmm. It's obviously professionalism and how they carry themselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So, and how is the competition this weekend?
3: Every year, this race brings out arguably some of the greatest competition our country has to offer and you'll find a number of high-level international riders coming here and yes it's it's giving me a little bit of anxiety anyone, have your, anyone you have your eye on for tomorrow <laughs> um, <are> okay <laughs> there are a couple okay they have been successful here many years in in the past i'd like to say that for a while we played a big role in, in dominating sure, the, sure. this race but there's a team called TIBCO yeah. um, there's a couple of riders from Italy Valentina Scandalara there are some great Americans here from uh, <coughs> CWA Trek so they they will present some significant challenges to us but by and large I think we have and I'm being biased but I'm also being objective the best team here
1: I love it I love it so what does is, what is preparation look like both for kind of the season at large and the different phases maybe of a season and then coming into a race like this weekend?
0: Yeah, so I guess I focused primarily on road racing over mm-hmm. the summer. I had some amazing opportunities racing with the Australian national team and some Saw big some UCI races and the Tour Down Under and Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. So I also did the Melbourne to Warrnambool, so some really epic... Big road racing, uh, but coming to America, we're predominantly a crit team. So, criterium racing is generally an hour in length. It's a circuit race, so it gives a great opportunity for people in the crowd. I know you guys brought out a big team yeah, to support yeah, us on absolutely. the Sunday, and uh, I guess it's um, fast. It's it's just a different style of racing. Uh, and when I was I was previously a track cyclist, so that translated very well to be a crit sure, racer. Sure. And and the the training is a lot of sprint, a lot of shorter efforts. Um, some of the courses present different challenges, there might be a power climb it or a little bit more technical. So the cyclocross skills translate very well into crit racing, because you're taking these turns at, I'm not sure in miles per hour, because obviously I'm Australian, but it's quick. <laughs> yeah, you're taking turns at 40 k's an hour, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, you, you probably would slow down more in your car to take those turns. So yeah, it's definitely challenges there. Um, so. I do a lot of training on the indoor trainer, um, a lot of shorter efforts, and yeah, the different phases in the season, generally it's longer, getting some base fitness, um, and then when you're coming here, you're on the road quite a bit, so you're generally away most weekend racing, there's two travel days involved. How many
1: races a year?
0: I think I counted about 35 race days for me in the States in a three-month block.
1: Holy smokes. Yeah,
0: so we have some stage racing where it's 10 or 11 days long and it's back-to-back. You're up every night racing, so you get into a really great routine then
2: of
0: going to the race. It's late night, late dinner, you're late to bed, but then you have a little sleep in, get up, go for a ride in the morning, generally just to
2: loosen the legs up,
0: exactly. I think runners call it a shakedown, Um, so just to get the body moving i'm home have a nap um i'm a big napper so uh, that's generally. generally <laughs> my favorite part of the day <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. so i uh, i really enjoy yeah the recovery components of being an athlete and that's a, something i do put, place a big focus on
2: as well that's awesome the armed forces classic cycle is an important one for us we do a lot of work with the armed forces so what's your strategy to win this weekend
0: well, we haven't had our team meeting yet, uh, so that's a tough one. I generally have the same strategy every week, and it was funny that we had a whole season where I rode for fearless fem, and we would talk about it, and then a room comes just like Beck. They call me the wizard, and he said, "You just, you just do your thing." So I generally have a different um, role to the other riders in my team. And then last year, I wanted to. I had a lot of success in my first year. I think I won yeah. seven races yeah, yeah. here in the states, and then last year, it's found it. Um, my role, I guess, shifted a little bit to be more of a leader and to help the other girls succeed and I really, I really wanted to see them succeed and to be part of that success. So it's seeing them get in breaks up the road, yep. shutting down yep. the race, um, controlling the front so that they can have an opportunity to succeed. And I um, find a lot of enjoyment and pleasure, I guess, in, in changing that role. And then this year we've tried really hard for a couple of breakaways and in Neblu, they've come down to sprints. Um, and every time you have a new combination of riders, especially like we do this weekend, it's also learning how each other races, sure. um, because it's something you just have to have the intuitive, I mean, the, the race tactics and the nows to know how the race is playing out, who to look out for, who's a sprinter's wheel, are we going to do our own lead out? And then to know exactly what your sprinter needs or what the lead out r- r- rider can deliver.
1: So the, so the armed Forces classic two days of racing two different races, two different courses like walk us through maybe a little bit of quote unquote the 101 of each style of race you talked a little bit about the crit but you know the, the other components of that and how they different and then this year the switching of the two usually we have the crit first and, and the road race later but how, how does that work and how does
3: that play into things? When I look at the the race and, and the strategy again I look at who we're going up against and then I look at who our personnel is to be able to neutralize that and to capitalize on that <clears throat> but the critical uh, mission behind the whole race is number one to make sure that we utilize and employ our riders
1: yeah.
3: uh, safely because if they can stay in the race that means they're executable within the context of yeah, the yeah. race so keeping a race plan within the race route that enables them to stay upright but they say stuff happens. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. when that happens, you have to have a plan B. And then you have to rely on race instinct. I've made sure that the riders on this team know how to race on their feet, even if it means that they can't hear what I'm trying to say. Sure. Or if they can't read my mind, is and it right? And what is that
1: communication? So, for, for those of us that may not be on the course, kind of in the action, like, what does that communication look like between. Have kind of a, a race director and a team leader, and you know, and a, a lead cyclist, and the and the and the team on the on the road. The
3: the race symbolism or communication yeah. is all visual. Yep. But you have to realize that it's quick. It's quick, <laughs> so it can't be complicated or sophisticated. It's it's a hand gesture. Yep. Um, I'm not going to reveal it necessarily, but it's pretty darn yeah. simple. Yeah. They need a visual indication that says pick it up bridge, faster, stronger, and I often have to hope that they see me. Sometimes they don't because they can be in a precarious situation. Yeah, Yeah, so it's really important that uh, visual communication that I hope is seen can then be administered within the short amount of time that they need to make that motion happen. It's a lot of thinking on your feet. It's a lot of relying on instinct. Trusting your teammates, trusting your bike, trusting your training. A lot of the intangibles that just go into we're in attack mode where this is combat zone. We got to trust our instincts. And from race to race, a lot of it is actually dictated by the flow of the race.
1: So you mentioned trusting the bike, and I want to come back to kind of how you pick the overall schedule and how. Armed Forces cycling like, classic fits into that schedule. But everybody loves the equipment. So what are we what are we riding tomorrow? Tell us about the bike, tell us about kind of the components.
0: We're on a Pali Altum, so it's the bike that I've been on for two seasons now. So we were able to dial in our setup from day one when I landed nice. in America, which makes a huge difference because often if you're switching brands or on a new team. Um, you're not familiar with the equipment. You, you you don't necessarily have trust in the equipment. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's so important that I know I can rail the corner and my tires
1: what, what with tire are we using tomorrow? What's
0: We're on roll wheels, so yeah. they're roll carbon okay. race wheels. Yeah. Um and then the Schwalbe the tires. I think they're twenty three. Twenty
3: three. Twenty five.
1: They are 23 25
0: five is everyone comes up to me in Australia and goes, Wow, that they, they actually look really thick. Twenty-five
1: often does look a little thick. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and to segue into that, yes, it does look thicker.
1: But it's the cornering. Like, how do you? How do you? Do, so that's your. That ends up being your call and kind of the equipment checkout. Yes. Yeah, so okay.
3: I'm an engineer by background. Yeah, I spent love many it. years Both as a composite engineer. Actually, my senior design project in college was epoxy resin technology. And when you look at what is a composite, it's two critical materials. <clears throat> you have your uh, carbon filament yeah, yeah. which has various of pre-preg, blah 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 I won't go into the details of it but the glue that holds it together is epoxy resin. So when you ask your very elementary bike rider oh my bike is really strong, my bike is really light. I just say wow you must have looked at Wikipedia. Let me tell you from a chemical engineer's perspective (laughs) of why this bike is better. It's the layup but more importantly it's the carbon. So I chose the bike Parley because I valued what they did long before the bike from a technical standpoint they came up with arguably the strongest lightest most sophisticated composite layup in the industry and within cycling I hate to say it they they choose the scrapple of carbon like a hot dog and they make mainstream bikes Parley does the opposite they choose the premium cut and they make a bike nice and so if i'm gonna be accountable for this team from a mechanic standpoint as well as a director i need something that i know that i trust and that's why you have to believe in your product and your equipment because if the second you don't the plan may fail you have to trust it
1: so will you change bikes components tires kind of course to course race to race how does that work
3: not necessarily, I chose something that'll that endure through a
1: season almost
3: yes, okay, very I chose so, you, so, equipment so from that a racer
1: standpoint you've you've you know you're tested and you know tested and tried on these on these equipment Absolutely. You're ready to go.
0: it's reliable, I'm comfortable, I'm confident on it um because I've had the experience of it um, and even to the point where we don't run inner tubes, we're using tubeless tires. They're all tubeless. Okay. So I've had my bike. I've come back in uh, to the team meeting after the race, and the bottom of the frame has being covered in sealant. Yeah. So obviously my tire, my tube, and uh, my sorry, my tire has sealed They're up during ceiling. the race. Yeah. I didn't even know I had a flat, uh, and things like that, where I don't have to pull into the pits and take a lap out and yeah, have the yeah, stress. Yeah. And sometimes that stress is actually good for a cyclist because you get a little yeah, adrenaline rush. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've. I've um, not been out of finish races if you get a flat within five laps of the finish so um, to, to limit those variables and to have more control over your equipment and I guess yeah you know in the defense industry in the bike industry if you can limit those type of um, problems or issues you're you know you're on the way to being a winner.
1: So how does weather start to factor in? I mean, we have 87 and partly cloudy tomorrow, which sounds like beautiful racing conditions, maybe a little warm. Uh, 84 potential thunderstorms on Sunday. You got the crit race on Sunday. It's going to be potentially a little wet. How does that factor in?
3: For me as the director, it factors into the preparation of the tire pressure. Okay. Much like Formula One. And I look at how I prepare for each race as a mechanic Portion of what I do, like Formula One, you got to look at tire pressure, yeah. course conditions. It's also why I run wider tires because you have more contact patch yep. in uh, the direction of the turn. But I can honestly say, just from watching back in the past, she races better when the weather looks worse. I think she becomes more confident. I become more confident because I believe in the equipment. I believe in how oh, she trains. Yeah. it, love it. But it then plays into the psychology of our competitors because they may see a rainy day as, oh gosh, we've got a menacing cloud, we've got yeah. precipitation, we've got thunder, lightning,
0: wind. I'm thinking...
1: Beck's just going to drop the hammer. Let's bring it on. Love it.
0: Yeah. I definitely find that the other riders will race, especially if it's just wet, they'll race like it's dry, and that terrifies me because people may lose control. They may, Their times may be too... High, they don't know how to handle their bike in these conditions, and there's just carnage. And I, I just don't like being in amongst the carnage. <laughs> but if it's pouring rain and the, if the conditions, the worst, like, um, if the conditions are worse, it's better for me because people generally ride like it's wet, and so they'll slow down. You whereas I can, tra- yeah, definitely take advantage of that, knowing that I trust my equipment. I've ridden it. I've had some of my best results have come in horrendous pouring rain um love it yeah
3: love it but if the conditions call for no precipitation but high winds or heat to me that actually can be pretty uh dangerous yeah wind and heat heat is always tough things like breakaways probably may not last because you have this component against you heat it can wreak havoc on how you hydrate how many times you go for your water bottle. So many people respond differently to heat, humidity, and just a lot of UV radiation on you. So for me, I take a lot of sensibilities into that.
1: So a little bit of, let's do a quick commercial for Armed Forces Cycling Classic for those that don't know, Um, I mean, what are the the distances, what are the times, obviously it's a wonderful part of the local community to be able to bring spectators out and enjoy the sport, enjoy the teams. Um, what time, you know, what time are things kick off from your guys' standpoint? How long do people have to, to to come out and watch you, and those types of things?
3: So the Off Course Cycling Classic is two days of racing in uh, Clarendon and then in Crystal City, all within the context of our nation's capital. Absolutely uh, amazing course, one of the most, actually two of the most technical courses within the United States cycling criterium circuit. within that it brings some of the best competition everybody is here to do battle so you bring competition great money amazing venue great sponsors overall beautiful spectacle and you can expect a great day of uh, racing of participating in the charity ride sure and then just enjoying uh, our nation's capital and the historic monuments that all exist within a stone's throw of this area
1: it's awesome. What time will you guys roll up to the start line? It's always a little bit of TBD. I think the 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 amateur corporate riders like ourselves start at 7 tomorrow. 7 tomorrow. So that means we got 3 hours of racing, so that probably puts you guys somewhere in the vicinity of start line around 10 to 11-ish. I think you guys are 11. Uh, so for for those out there, uh, if you've hopefully you' you'll you'll have watched it by then um, and looking forward to a great weekend of racing. Things like this, and frankly, similar to our industry and our company, never are a, a kind of a, a single uh, a single effort. Um, you know, we work with partners across the both both our customers, our mission partners. Uh, partners within industry where we can build amazing solutions and deliver them to the intelligence community you guys obviously work similarly um, and a lot of different factors come together to to produce a a winning team you know go ahead and you know what are some of those other sponsors that come together and and really set you guys on the right path
3: we've got an amazing series of sponsors much like Altamira we look at companies that want to not just have a, a marketing mission, but more of an investment into the community and relationship to the to their, your own employees, which I would call teammates, sure. co-workers. We want to partner with companies that have a long-term vision of health and wellness and we want to devote their brand to the idea of the underdog. And when I came up with the the team name of Fearless Femme, I already knew that I had a lot on my plate, but I often thought if you want to get something done, you give it to the the person who's the busiest, who has a scope, schedule, and budget, and is ready to go. And many of these companies saw that and saw our mission to bring and integrate a, a lifestyle of health and wellness to represent the underdog who doesn't maybe have everything, but fearlessly Tightens up their bootstraps, clicks into the big ring, gets in the drops and says, all right, game on. Let's go do this. Let's get fearless. So many of those companies want to integrate that sense of thinking and work ethic into their company. But long term for me, just from my background, I want to utilize Fearless Fem as an inspiration to someone who doesn't think they can get something done. Yeah, you can there are going to always be variables. Go around them instead of go through them. You have to think fearlessly sometimes. In fact, I try to think fearlessly all the time. And so our sponsors, I believe, want to integrate that into their work culture, but also bring a sense of team spirit and health and wellness kids. Oftentimes, um, healthy coworkers are often the, the most fun, easy to no work doubt. with. no doubt. Fun to hang out with in the office or out.
1: So, Rebecca, you guys haven't had your team meeting yet, Aruncon, you're going to have messages. You, Rebecca, you're going to have messages. What are going to be the messages to the team tonight, whether it's ride fearless? What, what's your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so we generally try not to talk the night before um, just so that the riders can relax and not be kept awake thinking about a race sure. and, and tactics and strategies um, you know privately we might have a look at the um, the race manual to see the courses study the courses um, potentially the other rider list so that you have an idea and a feel for who's here because um, you need to also th- get into this the head of your rivals so you need to know okay we have a plan and we know the personnel we have and how they best can deliver a result and we generally may have a dedicated or protected rider, but then with a couple of different options within that. And then you've also got to think, how is every other rider and team going to race? How are they going to win this race? Because you need to be prepared for multiple scenarios. Uh, so your plan might be great and you might be aggressive, but if another team is going to be the aggressive first, you need to be able to respond to that. And as Erin said, think on the fly, be adaptable. Uh, so, yeah, I really like, generally, um, I get to wait until the last lap and take my flyer. But as I said, love I do it. enjoy <laughs> I do enjoy having a support role this season, and I've already been on the, the top step in uh, Rochester at the Criterium there, and I really love to see my teammates achieve things as well and be able to have the success and the experience and the feeling of throwing their two hands up in the air as across the finish line and, and the time on the podium. So, yeah. Um, Hopefully, it'll be one of the fearless them in the ultimate kit on the podium, but uh, if I can play a role in, in helping them to get there as well, uh, that'd be a pretty pretty cool feeling too.
1: Really appreciate allowing us to be part of the team for a second year in a row. Um, I know we're going to do a little bit of uh, a team dinner beforehand. We won't keep anyone out too late and let you guys kind of get <laughs> to your racing, um, but always love the opportunity to to be able to Bring kind of the two quote unquote companies, if you will, uh, together. Similar passion, similar drive. I love the I love the, the the fearless attitude of of getting in the drops and hammering it out. Um, I love the attitude. Loved watching you guys last year. Um, really looking forward to a great weekend of racing and um, certainly years to come. So um, again, thanks on behalf of Megan, Blaine, and I. Uh, and the company at large, you know, uh, Altamira is proud to be part of the Fearless Fam, and uh, again, looking forward to a great weekend.
0: Thank you so much. I'm yeah, I'm really grateful for the support of of Altamira and to be able to travel the world and and race on bike and do what I love. And uh, it's great to have companies like yours on board, allowing us and enabling us to do what we do and to empower and inspire other women, but also other boys. And and um, it's yeah, I got a great kick when you know kids are coming to these events and coming up afterwards and asking for photos and um, following your journey. So, yeah, I appreciate the support that you give to the team and Arifan, anything to add?
3: Yeah, we're absolutely delighted by the opportunity to, as I've mentioned to Megan, merge two world-class teams. We may not be the biggest, but we offer a sense of class on an international level. And to bring together two world-class entities to me is is a beautiful relationship and then it just makes sense that you guys have a bike culture we have a culture where we want to build a strong work ethic and uh, a huge sense of empowerment within within our programs so it's been an absolute privilege and thank you so much to the both of you for allowing us to be a part of it and to represent
1: It's awesome I got one more question and then we'll get out of your hair so to the so I have I have four kids uh, 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 almost fourteen-year-old daughter, eleven-year-old boy, boy-girl twins that are, n- that are nine. So to the so to the you know the the ten, eleven, twelve-year-old boy or girl, you know that's that's out there pedaling around the neighborhood, got the competitive spirit. What's the what is the what's the you know the the inspiration? What's the the comment to them to chase their dreams?
0: Yeah, well, I know Aaron income was on his bike when he was that young, and I had a bike that I just rode, you know down the street or to school when I was in high school, but I wasn't necessarily into cycling, but I was active. I loved sport. I loved being outdoors. I was pretty competitive with my younger brother as well. So, um, we we were outdoor playing a lot. I did track and field, as I mentioned earlier. I was a runner. I transitioned into triathlon, and then I became a world-class cyclist and won two world championships. So. I kind of think it doesn't matter what you're doing at that age as long as you're moving and you're enjoying it. I still have fun I do this because I love it because I wouldn't be here if I wasn't having fun so I think the things that I learned um, and I developed physiologically as a younger athlete have transferred and very well into my older life and I'm 35 so I am an older um, athlete now but I was just trying every sport at school I signed up for everything I represented the school the city the state in a couple of different sports but I think it just doesn't matter what you do as long as yeah you're enjoying it um I didn't grow up playing computer games my brother did and he was a great athlete as well so you do also need to have the balance and I focused on study um but I was definitely very active and and just really enjoyed it
1: Awesome. Well, thank you guys again and best of luck this weekend. We're looking forward to rooting you on from the
3: sidelines. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much.
0: Thanks. Thanks to Jonathan for doing a stellar job hosting his first podcast. I realized I did quite a poor job answering your final question and didn't leave your children with an inspirational message to chase their dreams. The beauty of editing the podcast is having time to think about a better answer. And I'd like them to know that I rarely ever won when I was younger. It took me 20 years to achieve my dream of becoming the best in the world. I had an unconventional path to becoming a world champion. And I was trying to articulate that. It took me many years of hard work across many sports to find the event I was really good at. If your children are having fun and stick at it, the results will come. You don't have to be the best now, but if you train hard, stay committed, and focus on your goals. Anything is possible. You can find out more about Altamira on the sponsor page of our website, fearlessfemracing.org. You can also follow the team on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. If you enjoyed the show, please be sure to hit subscribe and share it with your friends. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Stay safe and be fearless.